Welcome into Brewcast. Good to be back with you here on a Monday night as we head into Tuesday, September 1st, uh, when you will hear this. Luke Gary with you along with Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. And it is good to be back with you boys. A lot to get to here today. You know, Big Ten scheduling what is what isn't the right decision being made for the college football season there are conferences going there aren't conferences going there's a lot to get to we'll hear from sir yacht later in the show no i don't joke joke joke. what's up guys how we doing tonight man he might be more accurate than we gave him credit for who knows but like i said broken clock is always right twice a day um hey i'm doing pretty well um you know Again, as we've said throughout this entire pandemic, doing well or or mental health, whatever you say, it's all kind of a relative term. But at this point, uh, we're 20 days removed from knowing the fate of fall football in the Big Ten. Uh, I think a lot of us are at peace with that. Some of us are still kind of frustrated about that. And I'm looking forward to discussing the ins and outs of that today. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like these last couple of weeks there's been – some some crazy stories, some legitimate, some not so legitimate. But I, don't, I really thought when the Big Ten decided to cancel season for the fall, I was confident in that decision. I was confident they would stick with that decision. It seems like with other conferences, you know, going full send and pushing forward with this thing and the fact that, you know, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be September 1st. I think the outrage is growing more and more. And we played a, a college football game has been played now too. Exa- yes. And the more, the more games that get played, the angrier uh, and the more heat is going to get thrown on the big 10. And, and uh, I'm sure they were kind of prepared for that, but it seems like with more conferences going forward, um, uh, my, my guess is the big 10 and the pac 12. It's weird how the pac 12 isn't really getting much crap for this. Yet the, <laughs> right. big 10, the big 10 has been, but uh, I think the big 10 believe that when they canceled, they would be ahead of the game, that they would be the first of many dominoes to fall. That hasn't really been the case. Most yeah. of the power five conferences are going forward with this. And it's led to uh, a lot of, a lot of angry fans and, and understandably. So we'll talk about it today. It kind of reminds me of Frank, the tank <laughs> telling everyone to go streaking with him through the quad. And it's just him. Yes. The, the big 10 is, is, is <laughs> 2020s Frank, the tank right now. That's right. Yeah, it's um, well, it's going to be an interesting college football season because even with the conferences that are playing right now, so many of the top players are opting out. It's just no matter what, it's not going to feel all that real here this year. Um, But in particular, you know, with the Big Ten, we saw reports uh, earlier or last week that I don't know, they're talking about not only a January start date which in itself, that's not really a spring season. That's more of a winter season, which is going to coincide with basketball. I'm not really sure how all that's going to work. Uh, But the fact that they could potentially start on Thanksgiving weekend, and, you know, Anthony, you had mentioned that kind of the difference uh, that'll be Thanksgiving weekend is that students across the Big Ten campuses are going to be sent home, I think, on most, if not all, of the Big Ten campuses, which is going to be a huge thing. It's going to create sort of a pseudo bubble uh, for these teams i i just i I feel like though if that's the case because it seems like like michigan players right now even with students on campus 
are almost in a pseudo bubble themselves. You know, they've done a great job with protocols and whatnot. They haven't tested anyone positive. Uh, you, you can't say the same that everyone else is going to be able to do that across the Big Ten. But I think if the Big Ten had been more proactive, you know, from the onset of all of this, they could have implemented better protocols and they could have, you know, used some of that wealth that they have in the Big Ten to ensure that these protocols were used. It seems like the Big Ten kind of kept kicking the can down the road, you know, and they never really wanted to make a decision. They were just hoping that this was all going to be gone, you know, by August, and that obviously isn't the case. And I don't know what you guys think about, you know, starting in uh, on Thanksgiving weekend or starting in January and whatnot. I guess that's the thing that leaves the taste so bad in my mouth. Uh, I'm for that. If again, these are coaches and, and athletic department people are kind of sprinting around coming, coming up with models to be to present to the presidents, because as we've seen, and as has been the case, and I know a lot of hatred and a lot of venom is being directed at Kevin Warren. This was the decision of big 10 presidents and chancellors. Uh, he can make his case for athletics to be played or not. Um, has his leadership been poor throughout all this? Yes. And you asked earlier on, like, why, why isn't the PAC 12 being dragged down with the big 10 in, in these conversations? The PAC 12 was pretty, was pretty transparent about the decision-making process that led to them making the decision they did. Yeah. We hadn't heard anything from the big 10 until, you know, really uh, before we recorded a, a brief came out from, uh, the Big Ten in response to the lawsuit that's being sent in from Nebraska football players. So I think when you look at what the, the Big Ten's biggest problem has been, it's been messaging and bad PR. Um, we don't know who made the right decision or not yet. The Big Ten drew its line in the sand. They're not going to play. Uh, all these other conferences have drawn their line in the sand. They're going to press forward. They, they're pretty confident in, in all that. And History will tell the story of who ultimately ends up being right about this. Um, now, as far as the Thanksgiving model goes, I have my doubts about that. I think you're still probably more looking at a, maybe a January start in these indoor venues like Ford Field, like uh, you know Indianapolis, like Minneapolis. Like I said, it's. I think the concern is just getting something that resembles a, a competitive season in while also I don't think, I really don't think, and I'm not for this either. I don't think they want the 2021 fall season to be shortened or pushed back or affected by this either. So right. um, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. As far as, I mean, I'd be on board with it if they can, I know the rapid testing has been a concern. It's there's been, it seems like there's been, there's been some sort of breakthrough there with a test that will give you, saliva results in 15 minutes and you don't need to send it to a lab and it will cost $5 a test, something along those lines. I don't have the exact details in front of me, but you know, rapid testing was something that was a concern from leadership. Um, ideally, like I said, I really just wish everyone could have maybe said, Hey, maybe let's tap the brakes a little bit. Let's all try and start on Halloween weekend Let's all play an eight to 10 game season in the fall. And if we're going to do this playoff, let, let's, if we're going to crown a champion, because the playoff is still going to happen. Uh, if a season it is gotten in by the ACC uh, big 12 and the sec. I mean, if you're going to, let's just hit pause, get it right and crown a true champion. 
from a, a season that was played out in earnest. I, I, I don't, it sucks that everyone was kind of off, you know, off the rails and, and things like that. But I think the big 10 kind of started this when they, they kind of went off script when they were the first one to announce the conference only schedules. So I think that created some kind of tension within the ranks of the power five. There's a lot of politics and not, not politics in like, um, you know, the big 10 cancel, you know, postponed football. So Trump would lose the election, not that type of politics. I'm talking about squabbling with administrators. I think there's a lot of that type of stuff that has gone into all this, but uh, yeah, that's, that's my, my spiel on where we're at right now. I mean, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, Anthony, but the left hates football. Yes. They, they, they hate football. Um, that, that's apparently a well-known thing that I just found out about it. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going there, <laughs> but yeah, that's no, I know. I know. I some of the political I, stuff. Like you, you made, for, both yeah. you guys have already made. Yeah. I, but both of you guys have made you know, several solid points. I, 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 it is kind of, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm going to skirt around the, the political issue, but I will say it is kind of a microcosm of what's happened in this country where everything was kind of left up to each individual state and some. Everything's binary right now. There's right. no nuance in anything. Right. It, there, there's, and there's no unity, it seems like, in, in anything where, you know, here it was everything was left up to the states and you had some states, which, all right, I, I know people jumped on my throat for this. I think a state like Michigan, for the most part, handled things pretty darn well. We got hit pretty hard, and you know, it's hard for me to complain. I felt pretty safe here, even when I was, you know, going back and 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 uh, doing my day job. Conferences at this point are essentially like the states, where you don't have an overarching NCAA uh, commissioner. Which, and there's been articles that have been written about this, and I absolutely agree. It's time you have a commissioner in in college sports and college football. But in some conferences, I think have waited this thing out obviously you knew no matter what the sec was going to be the one of the last ones who was going to pull the plug and then you had the big 10 who was one of the the very first to to pull the plug and it's led to a lot of controversy and the point that you make it is is a good point about how this thing's going to play out if they like let's say hypothetically they let's say they play it in january right and everyone else plays the regular season and you crown a champion uh, weirdly, you crown a, a national champion right before or maybe right after the Big Ten kicks off their season. And let, again, all hypothetical here, let's say Alabama loses a game and they go on to win the national championship, right? And then in the Big Ten season in January, Ohio State runs the table. They beat every – like they did last year. They beat everyone by 10 to 20 points or 10 to 40 points every game. They win the Big Ten going away. I mean, the anger, I mean, the vitriol, and understandably so, that would come out of that fan base and probably the entire Big Ten as a whole because the Big Ten benefits when one of their teams is great. Like, it doesn't it, – preferably, they would hope that it's in Ohio State, a Michigan State, or a Michigan. But either way, like, it, the Big Ten at any point benefits from having a Big Ten team in the college football playoff. The, the money that would be lost, the fanfare that it would lead to, the anger that it would lead to – it would be a nightmare. I mean, it's so weird that this system, this college football playoff system, which was designed to have a a, a singular national champion, is going to actually end up leading to more controversy now because of this pandemic. I, I 
I think collectively, and I agree with you, Anthony, it would have been smarter as a whole if they all would have collectively pressed pause and said, let's just postpone this thing. Not saying we're going to cancel it. Let's move it back. Let's set the date for October. Let, you know, Maybe we can play by October. But no, everyone kind of did their own separate thing. And it, I think the Big Ten's cancel, cancellation uh, kind of rubbed uh, some of the other conferences the wrong way. And it's led to here. And I, I said this last time, but I don't envy any person who's got to try to navigate through this. I mean, everyone uh, points to Kevin Warren, you know, and he's getting all the, the heat thrown at him. And I guess that's, you know, some of that is justified, but it's, it, it's been a, a, a collective screw up. I feel like. Well, let me ask you guys this, you know, Anthony, you brought up the good point that this was the president's and chancellor's decision. And, and obviously this affects, you know, not only the school, as a whole, the athletic departments, but, you know, a, a lot of these public universities along with state funding, um, you know, rely heavily on, you know, boosters and donation and things like that. Is there going to be any fractured relationships between the alumni base and, you know, the, the universities moving forward from this? Cause I feel like that's not out of the realm of possibility. I can see that happening. I can also, I mean, you're already seeing, in terms of division between some of the, the important entities and all this, uh, the players are not happy with, with Mark Schlissel. I'm pretty sure that coaches and, and Jim Harbaugh is probably not very happy with Mark Schlissel uh, because they felt like they had the data, the support that they could pull this off, that they had a lid on, on the virus. I think in the last, whatever it was, 450 tests that they did before uh, the decision was made to pull the plug, Michigan hadn't had any, any positives at all. And I think they went the entire month of August without a positive test from a player or staff member too. So like I said, I think if you're at a school like Michigan, yeah, there's, there's probably going to be some, some fractured relate. I don't know fractured, but certainly some relationships that are on uh, shaky ground right now. I could see that being the case on a number of fronts and, you know, for as, Again, I, not to speculate too much about it, but you know, for as much as people talk about Jim Harbaugh and his future at Michigan, is you know, knowing that a guy like Mark Schlissel didn't necessarily have their back, so to speak, and I'm not, I'm not going to go conspiracy theory with it or anything, but the fact of the matter was he voted not to play, and his program, his players, his coaches were very much against that. Um, you know, does that, does a guy like Jim Harbaugh be like, you know, I don't know if when push comes to shove that I'm really supported here, that my players are really supported here. Does that, you know, does that hurt that relationship long-term? I mean, I know people are upset with, you know, the lack of success on the field, but um, I think most level-headed fans aren't really ready for a coaching search or anything like that. And I don't think there's, a, I don't think that's going to happen or anything, but I'm just saying, does you know, these are all things that I think are all valid concerns right now. And, and I think something really important in all of this as well is I think it's okay for people to admit they don't know what the answers are right now. And it's okay to feel upset. It's okay to feel frustrated. I think all of that is completely warranted. Um, are things, you know, in the national landscape of the pandemic and the virus, are things all that different right now than they were three weeks ago? Not really. Uh, so you could make the argument either way that, it didn't, you know, the decision could have come later. If nothing changed, was it fine to be made earlier? Um, I, I do think that, you know, you see it with parents protesting, you see it with what players are, are saying, 
I, I do think there are some very concerning fractures in a lot of important areas right now. And, you know, things are on pretty shaky ground in terms of, I don't think anyone really has faith in any of the leadership at this point. Yeah. And that's kind of a problem at the end of the day, man. I mean, like Chris said, that's kind of a microcosm of the world right now is that there's just not a lot of faith in leadership anywhere. And I don't know like we don't have the answers, you know, I, this is generally supported by data. You know, the big 10 claims that they have data and I very much believe them, but does that also mean the other conferences are ignoring data? Cause they have yeah. the data can't really be different. You the know. data shouldn't be a Rorschach test where you right. determine what your conclusions are from it. The data should be, we're going one way or another with this. I guess my question is though, and I think we talked about this when this first happened and I don't know if it's changed now or if it's gotten worse, but say the sec pulls it off, say the big 12 pulls it off, say the ACC pulls it off, which is a big if, I mean, Lincoln Riley came out and said he didn't specify what position group it was at Oklahoma, but you know, he was down to one player in that position group that he had eligible because the rest were dealing with COVID related issues. It, like it, it's a huge if. I think we saw that if at Auburn pulls, too in the last few days. They're one I of the schools down there. Something um, like that. And it's, Iowa, it, Iowa today. I mean, I know yeah. Iowa's not playing football, but I think they had 93 or 95 positive COVID tests in the athletic department. So they're yeah. kind of, they putting, suspended all the, all their football operations and whatnot. So it, it still is a, a huge if, and that, I guess, that's kind of why, right? That everyone voted no, like Michigan, they've done good. Penn state, they've done good, but all it takes is that one program to really set it off. And that's going to be the issue, I think. But if they do get rapid testing, you know, I don't know how available that is, Anthony, uh, the testing I, that, that you mentioned. I, I read about it. I know the Saliva Direct that could use the labs on campus as well. Uh, that's like, I think, um, 100 tests in three hours or something along those lines. When they use the test, it doesn't take special lab equipment, so any lab can handle it. But uh, has that really changed that much from three weeks ago? And if it has, could you? And is it really going to change in two months? Right. And, but if you have the rapid testing logic says you'd be able to play because you, you would know who's got COVID and who doesn't on every single team. But if you don't have it, I mean, this is probably uh, the right decision, but if you do have it and they're able to pull this off, is the big 10 just going to, is the big 10 in the pac 12 going to look really bad? Is the, the anger going to just a lot of people will lose jobs that it is right now. A lot of people will lose jobs in decision-making roles. I mean, there, I, like I said, presidents, uh, you don't being known as the president that like axed football is, I mean, it's to me, and there are other examples of this across the country from recent history. Uh, Idaho is one moving down to FCS, making that call is career suicide. If you're wrong about it. Um, yeah. Now, like we said, um, history could prove that the big 10 was right. And I don't, like I said, uh, I, I tweeted this earlier today, like a rapidly evolving pandemic involving a virus we still don't know a ton about uh, is really not the time for I told you so statements. Like, like I said, history is going to tell the story on both sides of it here. Um, but, you know, when you see that there are reports from schools that are still practicing, still camping, where 
you know, they can't even run offensive line drills in a day because they've got two scholarship offensive linemen that are the only ones that are COVID free. That's a concern. Um, you see campuses everywhere packed with kids going to parties and I'm not blaming the kids. Like if you're inviting them back to college, if you're inviting them back to campus, you're giving them license to live the college experience. So that's what something that irks me is that as we see these outbreaks on campuses across the country or or new infections or rapid infections, you're going to see them blame the kids, them being administrators. They're going to cash the tuition checks, cash the housing checks, and then send them home. That's what upsets me. I think that's pretty, you know, to, to yeah. put all the blame there is. is I mean, ridiculous. doesn't, it, it does, uh, Schlissel put out a good statement uh, a while back when the Big Ten announced the cancellation of the season. I I, I thought his statement w- was good. It made a lot of good points. He's a much smarter man than I am. No question about that. But what you just mentioned, and I believe it was MLive that reported on the lack of protocol following uh, and moving on campus at the University of Michigan, after reading all of that, his statement, his vote, everything almost just came off as disingenuous, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of that. Especially when you have the, when your own football program, your own athletics department has the, the data that they have to support you. Like I get being for science and data and facts, and that's how we should be. That's how things should be. You use facts and numbers and, and graphs and charts to make an informed decision. It just, it really, it irks me that uh, there was some kind of breakdown in communication there. And like I said, Michigan, like more so than football, Michigan is known for its medical program. Yeah. Rutgers doesn't have that. Rutgers can't do what Michigan does. Um, to a certain extent, I mean, you saw Michigan State had to pause workouts. Michigan State can't do what Michigan does. Um, you know, Michigan and Ohio State can pull that off, but can Illinois, can Iowa can Rutgers and you know when you look at the data the answer is no they can't contain it as well as some of the other bigger schools can and that's that's why we're here because in this case and maybe this just says something about having Rutgers have a seat at the big boys table you're only going to be as strong as your weakest link is and like I said it's if everyone can't do what Michigan and Ohio State are doing Ohio State was one of the the no votes in terms of can it was I this will surprise no one if you follow the news it was Ohio State Nebraska and Iowa, but like I said, um, you know, you're only going to be as strong as as the team that's the weakest in your conference and they have Rutgers. What what do you? I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> Chris, you got anything, Nad? What's that? I say you got anything. No, not I mean, you you guys are making a, a lot of really good points right now. It's just it, it's frustrating, and it is it is the ultimate gamble right now. And I I mean, in a way, I give them credit for taking this risk because this could be. And you guys made the point like three weeks ago what we knew about this virus it hasn't changed that much, but public perception has, and public perception carries people a long ways, whether backed up by de- data or not. Um, now. It's to me entirely possible, especially when you have so many teams like, like major league baseball is one thing you have 30 teams. They lock down on protocols. 
a 60-game season, and you have that flexibility where you could play seven-inning doubleheaders. Can't play, can't play doubleheaders in college in college football, right? Yeah. So either the Big Ten is going to end up looking really smart and ahead of the curve here because the SEC and the ACC are going to try to give this a go and have to cancel three games into the season because of COVID outbreaks, or it's going to be the ultimate screw-up of screw-ups. And as Anthony said, someone's got, some people are going to end up losing jobs because they, they jump ship and, and, and far too early. Yeah, if you screw that, like if you're the Big Ten, you screw that decision up. I don't know what the future is for in terms of the perception of your conference, in terms of, I, I mean, those are things we could talk about at a later date. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't – like this isn't a, a political forum or anything like this. It'll never be that as long as, you know, I have at least one hand on the steering wheel. Um, I think it's lame as hell when people do the conspiracy thing with – Oh well, all these presidents—they're, you know, they're they're just liberals who are trying right. to to <laughs> turn the election. Um, I think that's corny and lame as hell. And on the flip side of that, I think it's it's lame for. Uh, I saw Joe Biden put out an ad over the weekend or, or recently that you know Donald Trump was the one who took your football away. Um, I think that's corny and disingenuous too. So. What comes back to what affected, you know, who did what, who's to blame for what, why don't we have college sports? Why haven't we had the movies? Why haven't we been able to go to the gym? It's because we're dealing with a a pandemic and a virus. It's not a uh, nefarious plot. I I don't believe it to be a nefarious plot from either side of the aisle or anything like that. Um, It's, it's uncharted territory and it is what it is and we deal with it and, you know, we use the data we have available to us to, to make informed decisions. Uh, so the, the stats say we have a con- we as a country haven't done a very good job with that. So that's why we're still dealing with this. And whether it's November football, whether it's January football, whether there's no football till next summer or next fall, um, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, I guess. That we will. That we will. All right, Chris, where can we find you on social media? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you will find the link.